Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Dave Jones. Welcome in to the Blue White Breakdown. I'm is Bob this, Founders. Is this on? Is this on? He's Dave Jones. This is part of the Penn Live Penn State podcast family. Dave and I are going to do a couple of these in season a week. One, hopefully on Thursday morning. One after Penn State games. Greg Pickle and I will be doing one on Tuesday after James Franklin meets with the press. Dustin Hawkinsmith has a daily podcast that's part of the breakdown in the mornings that's a little bit shorter than ours. But Dave and I are excited to get going. We haven't really done many of these since uh, the Cotton Bowl. It's going to be, I think, Dave, we were talking a, a week ago. We're going to just going to do these like we do our post-game videos. We're just going to let it fly, see what we want to talk about, see where it goes. We're excited, excited about the opportunity. Who's that? Is that Les Miles? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's not right. Dave Franklin. Yes, it is. Oh. Come on. All right, all right. It wasn't that good. So before we get into the Indiana game, Dave, just real quick, it's been a big news week. You cover Penn State men's hoops. Big news involving Pat Chambers, now the former Penn State coach. It's a football podcast today, but can you just share a couple quick thoughts on you know, what's happened in the last 24 hours? We're taping this on a Thursday morning. We um, had been tracking. I had been tracking this internal investigation. I honestly didn't think anything would come of it this summer. I thought maybe they were building a case for some reason against Chambers for one reason or another, but it, the longer it went on, the more involved I, I found it was. And they called all sorts of people. They called everybody. They called, I think they called every former player that he's ever had. And um, it was led by uh, Bob Boland. And um, it was very extensive. And I guess the, the bottom line is uh, Chambers had enough uh, enemies at the end that they said some pretty detrimental things they they presented one thing in the report to uh sandy barber and eric Barron that that was damning and i don't know exactly what it was but even sandy said it was new it had nothing to do with the original impetus which was uh the report about uh Roger bolton and uh the news comment which happened back in you know actually happened a year ago but then was publicized in july anyway uh jim ferry is the new coach he was uh, he's been a head coach for 15 years, uh, was, I believe, 10 at Long Island and five at Duquesne. An experienced coach, probably a better X and O coach than Chambers. He has a pretty good team coming back, but we don't even know, you know, if they're going to get the season off the ground. Who knows what's going to happen here anyway? Yeah, I was surprised. I think everyone was surprised that this happened now. But, you know, you make enough enemies, I guess they come and get you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll just kind of be following along with whatever you find out down the road. And I'm sure there's a lot more or a little bit more or a lot more to the story. Look forward to it on Penn Live, Dave. 
let's talk football. Let's, that's not a great segue, but I'm going to do it anyway. Dave, I got, not I got, what we planned, right? I got, something. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a hot take for you, Dave. Are you ready? Everyone's talking about this Minnesota-Michigan game on Saturday night. I think the Penn State-Indiana game is going to be the better game and the more entertaining game. What do you think? It's going to be I, – I called it – I've like half written my five boxes. I think it's going to be halfway between that Memphis Donnie Brook and the Minnesota game last year. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. I think it could be in the 40s. I don't think either defense can stop the other offense. No prediction, not till later. No prediction. Yeah, but, but it's going to be wild is what I think. Yeah, so it'll be entertaining if nothing else. And considering this season, you know, what's yeah. going on in this season, what a weird year it already is. I could see some really strange things going on in this Big Ten season, including Indiana finally breaking through and beating one of the big boys. I don't know if it'll be Penn State or Michigan. They're not going to beat Ohio State, I don't think, but they they have the goods to beat either Penn State or Michigan, and they've been close against both uh, in the last three years under Tom Allen. I think it's going to be a really interesting game, yeah. Absolutely. I'll be going out there. I know. We'll get to that. Don't worry. It's on my list, Dave. Don't worry. Um, I'll lead you right down that road. You're very orderly, aren't you? Penn You're going to be really linear in this thing. Did you notice you? I'm pointing at you because you like that so much in videos? That's the point of me. Uh, Penn State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But, yeah, Indiana returns so many talented players, especially on offense. And they have a quarterback. We'll just talk about him real quick. Uh, I think – I know you've – I think I believe you've written about him. A lot of people are starting to – he was a really good quarterback last year for Indiana before he got hurt. He had like a sternum injury that was serious after six games. And that shut down his season. A tall lefty who's an athlete, uh, Michael Penix. Peyton Ramsey, who took over for him, threw the ball all over the field at Beaver Stadium last year. This Michael Penix kid, I, I watched the tape, the YouTube tape of him in his games last year. They, they didn't play great teams, Dave. But, man, he's got a live arm, and I, I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do in this game because I think he's going to cause Penn State's defense a lot of trouble. Who's he remind you of? I'm thinking, doesn't the ball just fly off his fingertips? Yeah, it, one of guys? it literally does. It's got yeah. a live arm. Yeah, for some reason I thought of Jefferson Street Joe Gillum, you know. The, the, he's he's kind of spindly, and yeah. he's put on some weight. His problem has been, and they either quarterbacks have it or they don't, he doesn't seem to have any awareness about where he is and where people are around him. Like Tom Brady is the ultimate in that respect. This kid is the opposite so far. He's out of Tampa. They got him with Wap Fillior, their uh, star wideout at the same time. Can you imagine getting those two guys at Indiana in one fell swoop? <laughs> you know, does he, does this guy look like he's at Indiana? At any he's been a great selling point. Come to Bloomington and play in the Colts. How can you say no? We've loved it so much over the years. I know you have, too. Again, it's on my list. But um, just real quick for the younger Penn State fans, the uh, Jefferson Street Joe Gilliam reference Dave made early 70s. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback that nearly beat out Terry Bradshaw had a slight problem with heroin, derailed his career, long story short. But he was a tremendous physical talent. And I think that's a pretty good yeah. The way that this guy, Gilliam, could throw the ball 70 yards on a line. Yeah, like, it's just it's the kind of guy that the ball just, it doesn't seem, it seems effortless for them. Just goes yeah. zing. And you could say the same thing of Mahomes right. going in different directions off of, from different body postures. 
but also I think he's a pretty good comparison for Dwayne Haskins in body yeah. style and the way the ball flies off his hand. He he can really spin it, but he's the problem is he's quicker, much quick. Well, he's not quicker, but he's straight line faster than Dwayne yeah. Haskins. So when he ejects from the pocket, he he's kind of like a, a a racehorse. Once he gets going, he can really go fast. But that's gotten him into problems. The last uh, one of the times he got hurt was two years ago against Penn State in the third quarter. He had a a 13-yard scramble, and it ended up with him uh, ripping his ACL. And he doesn't have enough awareness about where he is sometimes. So that running speed is seductive for him. I think he gets out of there, and he doesn't know how to get down on the ground. He's kind of like a young colt. But they think now as a, a redshirt sophomore, maybe he's learned how to do that. Anyway, he's got some weapons, man. Yeah. Filior is one of the best receivers. This receiver group kind of reminds me of Minnesota last year, too. You remember they had three guys yeah. that they each scored a touchdown against Penn State. But they had three guys who were different types of receivers, yeah. too. They had Ty Johnson to compliment uh, Rashad Bateman. These guys have uh, a guy named Ty Freifogel. Yeah, who, um, who is is more of a split end and and Fillier runs out of the slot usually, who is more of a possession receiver. Together, you know, they're a great mix for d- two different kinds of plays, uh, and then they've got two or three other guys. They've got a running big boned running back named Stevie Scott, who's experienced, who's run for two thousand yards. Uh, mm-hmm. They got another kid behind him who they really like, who played a little last year when Scott got hurt for a little while. Um, they're loaded on offense. They're, they're, I don't know about their offensive line. They're, they've got two. They've got an experienced offensive line, but it kind of reminds you of Penn State's uh, maybe last year, or the year before, where you thought, well, all these guys have been around, but their guards, they have a little, they have some some concern about the guards. The tackles look pretty good. The center looks pretty good. So they've, they've got all the different boxes checked on offense. It's a matter of whether Penn State they faced an offense like this in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, a certain guy made a whole lot of plays that they don't have anymore. I don't, I don't know if that'll be a factor or not, but they've got to get used to life without Micah Parsons. Yeah. Okay, Dave Jones, enough about the Hoosiers. Let's talk a little bit about you. You are gearing up for a road trip to the great state of Indiana. You're going to be, the plan is for you to be at the game in Bloomington. Obviously, it's a pandemic. Just your thoughts on maybe traveling during this time. Any Any inhibitions? Are you looking forward to the trip? And it should be a kind of a, very interesting atmosphere. Memorial Stadium isn't crowded even, even when you can go to the games, but just your thoughts on the trip you're going to make. Yeah, Memorial Stadium. All our memories, right? Remember when they <laughs> – oh, don't, don't ruin it. I got that snack. Don't do it. Dave, what? just answer the question. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not like we don't have some time here. O2, when they painted the – Oh, no, Dave, that was my next thing. Oh, God. you got to have all the good material. Please. I'm right. teeing you up. So are you, are you nervous at all? Yes, I am. I'm pre-diabetic. I'm 63 years old. Um, the last time I took a flight was out of Indianapolis, right. and it was the only one with a mask on. This time, everyone will have a mask on. Right. Um, that was March 12th, coming back from the abortive Big Ten tournament that never happened. I... Yeah, but it's a, it's a you know it's an hour and forty five minute flight. I suppose I, I think everything will be fine. Uh, but you know, college football is not going to be the same this year, especially for us. So many times over the years, the atmosphere. We just look at each other in the press box and go, I mean, this is pr- this is pretty cool. And we we've been doing this a long time. 
Uh, you think of the whiteouts in 05 against Ohio State, 16 against Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, the end of the season in 16 against Michigan State, where they were behind at halftime. And all of a sudden, the news came in to everyone listening on their phones of Ohio State uh, beating Michigan. And the crowd noises, the crowd atmosphere, all of that's gone now. And yeah. To me, it, it harms college football a lot more than the NFL. Yeah. I mean, a lot more. It's not even close. Right. Because college football is a battle, uh, not just the games, but all that other stuff on the side. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be very strange, put it that way, to be not, not, not the atmosphere at Memorial Stadium necessarily. Okay, there's your cue. On a list of, if you had to rank the Big Ten road trips, Bloomington would be somewhere very, very probably low. I'm guessing for you. It is for me. There's worse places to go to. I mean, we usually stay in Indiana, and then we drive in like the hour and 10 minutes and go to the game just because it's easy for, for travel purposes. But and why do we do that? Why do we do that now? Because uh, Joe Hermick would kind of like to get to the game early. Is that <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember where we used to stay? when you Oh, yeah, in the, uh, in the abandoned resort. Yeah. You used to call it the, Sh- the Shining Hotel. Yeah, why don't you that describe that? That was my first that trip to Indiana. It scared the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> you mentioned it was 2002 was my rookie year on the yeah, PGA. Yeah. That, was the, that was the Larry uh, Johnson game. 52-25, he ran for 327. That was one of the rare years, Dave, that I think that Indiana had a grass surface because Hermit was talking about the fact, he's our photographer, Joe Hermit, that they painted the sand green. The field was so bad and so heavy. And he still ran wild. And he could have had 500. Yeah. I mean, remember Paterno took him out like in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah. And, and that, uh, team, that team had quit. I mean, they was that a Cam Cameron team? I can't remember. No, that was a, that was a Jerry DiNardo team. I think it was a Jerry DiNardo. They were done. I mean, they'd had enough. It was the end of the year. They just wanted to get out of there. He could have legitimately set an NCAA record, an FBS record. He could have run for 500 yards. Yeah. I mean, if he'd been one of those coaches like, you know, one of those guys in Nebraska, one of those shirts in Nebraska in the 80s, you know, okay. running up 83 points, you know, he would have had 500 yards. Not that I, not that I have anything against Nebraska, Bob. Dave, there have been some interesting – I feel like we've had some interesting moments at Indiana games. Either the game is actually very entertaining or it's very close. We saw Billy O'Brien get trounced there in 2013. 44-24, and then they beat unbeaten Michigan two weeks later coming off a bye. But always, something always crazy, Dave. This is another tee-up. Something crazy always happens when Penn State goes to Indiana. And I just was wondering if you would like to share with the fans, you actually, only you, would have a John Cougar Mellencamp elevator story. <laughs> there's, at Memorial there's... State. Only You're the only person in the country who has this story, only you would run into John Cougar Mellencamp in an elevator at Memorial Stadium. I, it's, one my, it's one of my favorite stories. I was, I was, you know, he's kind of very old sure. news at this point. Sure. That's kind of half the story. I remember first coming aboard at the Patriot News in 1989, and I was doing a track meet down in Carlisle with Frisco. And I've got uh, Frisco in the staff car, and I'm cranking up the Lonesome Jubilee. And I don't think he's ever heard any of this stuff. And he's going, this is great. You know, and the, the album was like three years old at that point. But yeah, he was always a favorite of mine. Yep. And as you know, I have a reputation for being late 
cutting it close coming no, to me. No, you don't. I haven't done that recently. I but know. back then I certainly did. Yeah. I have a couple oh. of missions. When, when they play Michigan, I'm going to share a story about a lake I, and, your, and your jock. I've, I think I've only been actually late to kick once, but I always, I always cut it close because I don't want to get up in the morning. I'm not a morning person. Okay. And this was one of those days I'm coming in the elevator at, in Bloomington, <laughs> Kaiser. Sorry, I'm coming into the, the elevator. <laughs> I'm coming up the elevator with a lot of the people who've been tailgating late. And one of them, do you remember Mellencamp's, I guess, second wife? who was the, uh, the The model, the supermodel. Yeah. And I mean, if you know anything about Bloomington, you don't see too many supermodels in Bloomington or anyone who looks like a supermodel in Bloomington. And she was wearing like an entire pink outfit with a big like a pimp hat like this, like a, a wide brimmed hat. I mean, she stuck out like you can't believe. And she gets on the elevator and I'm thinking, that's, 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 one, of the, that's one of them supermodels right there. That's what that is. And, and then I placed her. I said, that's, that's John Millicam's wife. I couldn't remember her name. Elaine something, right? What is it? It was like it was Elaine something. Yeah, yeah you're right. It is Elaine. The one, the blonde one. This video. The blonde one before Meg Ryan. I'm thinking, yeah, that's Mellencamp's, that's Mellencamp's wife. She's like two people over in the elevator. The uh, doors are closed. And then I noticed that the guy right in front of me, who's about 5'5", five, five, kind of stinks of luckies. You know, he's got this kind of stench about him. And then, I was, then, I went, and then it occurred to me, he's got curly long hair. And I, said, and I just blurted out, holy crap, it's John Mellencamp. <laughs> And the entire elevator kind of laughs because I, I do those things. I don't know why I do. And he laughed. Either, he laughed. He laughed and he turned around. He turned around to me. He goes, I guess you were expecting someone younger looking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the elevator, you know, my stop got off. And I was like, I was like, uh, what was the character that uh, the Saturday night Chris, Chris Farley used to do? Yeah. I turned into that guy. Yeah. 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 I was like, I just got to talk to you for a couple of minutes. And he couldn't have been nicer. He, you know, I went up and talked to him about my favorite songs. And he, he, was, he, he nodded and smiled most of the time. And I babbled on. And <laughs> you, remember, you remember when you did Check It Out? That was great. That was, that was me. He couldn't have been nicer. And we stood up there and Elaine like, got away from me. And uh, we talked for about five minutes. And I came down and skipped down the... Uh, the, uh, off the elevator like a schoolgirl and told the first 10 people I, I ran into about how I met John Miller. Yeah. Boys and girls, this is the blue-white breakdown. I promise you, you can't get info like this on any other Penn State football podcast, Bob Flounders and Dave Jones. Dave, time is flying by. I know you have a busy week coming up, but before we conclude this, we got to get to a little analysis, a little prediction. No flip-flopping, Dave. We're holding you to it. You go first. How do you see it playing out? Is there a guy or two you want to watch in the game? Any other, any other insights for the fans? Are, are we making the score picks now or not? Yeah. Okay. I actually picked Penn State to win the league. I don't know what you did. I'm picking them eight and one, but I think weird things are going to happen this season. So I thought, what the hell? I'm going to pick them to lose the opener and then run the table, including beating Ohio State. 
So, you know, I'll look, I'll be looked at as a super genius if it hits. I mean, everyone will look at me like the Toronto Raptors uh, people. What if it doesn't, what if it doesn't hit? No one will remember it because it's the the same crap I always do. So you're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks. No, I'm not in this, in this respect. I really think Indiana is a very, the best team that they've had in a long time. When I, I don't know if you watched the, uh, I guess it was the Gator Bowl last year against Tennessee. Did you watch that game that they played? Uh, no, I know they, they were, were up in the game. fourth quarter and they, they kind of faded out. Yeah, there. yeah, they were up 23 to 9, though, on that team. A, a serious, you know, a, a decent SEC team. And it occurred to me that they were hanging physically in this game. And that kind of turned my head around. I was like, you know, these guys are really playing hard. They've got a bunch of three star guys. Their, their offense is better than that now. They, they've got experience, and I think Penix. Added into Stevie Scott and Fillier and yep. Fry Fogel, a lot of playmakers. They're just going to score a lot of points, I think. Um, so I'm picking at 36 29, I think, Indiana. Right. So just real quick, you have them losing. Penn State loses the opener on the road, runs the table. Yeah. Right now, you have them beating Ohio State and also I do. beating Michigan. I do. I, I, I wonder, I think Ohio State is just going to, they're going to ramp Nebraska by about a hundred come in thinking they're, they're all that because they are, I mean, they've got more five-star serious players than anybody in the league. It's not even close. I'm just counting on them to think they're a little better than they are in in a weird year and maybe not take Penn state that seriously if Penn state loses. So, so I've got all this mapped out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really thought long and hard about picking Penn state to lose as well. I mean, when Indiana isn't all that good, Dave, usually out in Bloomington, it's not like it's the crowd that's doing it, so that's not going to be a factor, no crowd. They always give Penn State all they want, and I, I think this will be no different. I have Penn State hanging on 33-30, uh, to 30, and two things to watch for. I really think the guy that I, I'm most excited to see this year, and I, I don't want to beat Penn State uh, fans over the head with this, but I really think Brandon Smith is going to be a guy this year that will go from part-time player as a true freshman to just a very elite player by the second half of the season. When you see him uh, up close, Dave, on Saturday and you see what he's done, he looks like he is ready to be a primetime performer at outside linebacker. I'm going to be watching him. 33-30, I think the difference in the game, Dave, will be, I think that Penn State's offensive line is tremendous. I think they were that way towards the end of last year. They Even in the second half, when they didn't have Sean Clifford, they were able to run the ball with well, well, Will Levis. Well, Levis. Will Levis at quarterback. Journey Brown did some good things. Probably should mention Journey Brown's not playing, but I, I think the fans know that. They still have a bunch of good running backs. Penn State's offensive line, if they get a lead against almost anyone in the fourth quarter, I think they're going to be very tough to get off the field. They did the same thing to Indiana last year. I think Penn State wins it in the fourth quarter close. A lot of points, but I really do believe in Penn State's offensive line, and I think they're going to be the difference. 33-30 for me, Lions, and you like, uh, you like, you like the home state, the hometowners, 36-29. I think that's a pretty fair pick. I, I do agree with you that absolutely Indiana can win the game. Um, do we want to say anything about the other games in the league for a minute? No? Uh, yeah. You can. It, it's, okay. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, there's some um, – I, I think Michigan-Minnesota is an interesting game. Where do you see that going? Because I, I, I haven't talked to you about it. 
And it's a very interesting game for the first game of the season. They're playing it in Minneapolis. Coincidentally, they're shutting down the University of Michigan and telling all the students to stay home for two weeks. But it's okay for the football team to go to Minneapolis. Yeah, I I just think that Michigan's got some questions on offense like they almost always do. I think that Harbaugh's teams traditionally, recently, they, they tend to start a little slow. They did last year, the last couple of years. I mean, Minnesota's got a lot of a lot of good players coming back. They got Rashad Bateman to pop back in. They got the quarterback. They don't have Kirk Shiraka calling plays, but I think with a veteran quarterback, it's almost like having a coach on the field. I think they're going to win. The, I think Minnesota's going to beat uh, Michigan. I think they're going to just have a little too much for them. I actually really do. I really do like. I like Minnesota's head coach. I I, I do think he knows what he's doing. I do you like Pep Boy. I do think he has a plan. But and I just wanted as we're talking about as we're talking about Minnesota as we can we just close this way, Dave? Yeah. Um, because you always were fond of them. Just a little shout out shout out to the late great Sid Hartman. Joe, remember remember him calling in on the uh, on the teleconference? Yeah, it was always he was always, he, it, he just passed it. I think at the age of a hundred, but he, he was a hundred. Yeah, just just a legend in Minnesota covering all all Minnesota uh, athletics. If you know anything about teleconferences, it's 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 kind of a, a requirement for coaches. They used to have them all the time because there, there was really no other way to do it effectively. In the Big Ten teleconference, they would line up all the coaches and talk to uh, media members. And usually the last question or the next to last question was from Sid. And he'd go, Joe, Sid Hartman, in that Minnesota accent. Uh, I actually sat down and talked to him. Last year at 99, God, the guy looked like he was 70. Do you remember seeing him? Yeah. In his suit, always dapper. The archetype of what a columnist should look like and, and the yeah. profile and all that. God, the, the things he saw. I mean, it goes back to Murray Warmath. He goes back before that. Uh, so, yeah, hell of a career. A great career at the uh, Star Tribune. All right. I think, I think, Dave, that is a wrap on the initial – Blue-white breakdown for you and I, and we are going to plan on talking after the game, hopefully soon after the game, Dave, uh, on Saturday. We'll share our thoughts. I do like I like the Penn State prediction, both short-term and long-term. I think that's very interesting, and we'll see how it plays out. And we'll talk to all the Penn State fans in a couple of days. Dave, travel safe. See you guys. See you guys.